Blue Shirts fans to episode number 74 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. The Rangers, of course, coming off of last night's 5-3 home victory against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Just an outstanding night for the Rangers' top line. The trio of Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, and Pavel Buchnevich combines for seven points. Just an outstanding night by Pavel Buchnevich. He was benched in the last game, but something we talked about in the last episode is that Not every benching is done out of malice or just disgust. A lot of times it's the way to challenge a player, and it looks like it worked because David Quinn pushed the right buttons for Pavel Buchnevich. He was a lot more engaged tonight. Right from the first shift of the game, really, Buchnevich was involved in a puck battle along the boards, and he didn't even win the puck battle, but it was just good to see him kind of stick his nose in there and just look like he was ready to go. So a big bounce-back performance for Pavel Buchnevich, who now has four goals in his last five games, and really, that whole top line was fantastic. Kreider and Zabanajad scored goals just six seconds apart and assisted each other on the two goals. We'll talk about that in just a minute as well. And Igor Shesterkin, you know, it's, again, it's just his fifth game. We don't want to make too big a deal out of it. It is a small sample size, but he has played very well in all five games that the Rangers have thrown him out there. And, you know, you might hear that and you think, well, you know, he gave up three goals. Was it really that great? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. He made some outstanding saves in this game, and the Toronto Maple Leafs coming into this contest were second in the NHL in goals scored. It's certainly a team They've had their struggles this season, but putting the puck in the net has not been an issue for them. They have so many scoring threats. They have so many guys that just have great shots. They have so much speed, and Shesterkin able to hold them in check, and and credit to the defense as well. There were a lot of players who had good defensive games. Uh, Jesper Foss was all over the ice for the Rangers. I thought Adam Fox had a tremendous night. Adam Fox just continuing to blossom into becoming just an excellent two-way defenseman for the Rangers, and the penalty kill once again coming up big for the Rangers as well. Or, well, Toronto actually did go one for two on the power play, but the big thing was just staying out of the penalty box in general. The Maple Leafs, of course, only got the two power plays. There were a couple of matching minors late in this game and actually a, a matching fighting major. Jacob Truba and Zach Hyman got into a fight behind the Ranger net with less than a minute to go. And then Ryan Lingering got mixed up with John Tavares, so there were matching minors for roughing there as well. But for the most part, you know, the Rangers staying out of the penalty box, limiting man advantages for the opposition. That was such an issue earlier in the season, and they've been so much better about it recently. So that's really a great thing to say. Credit it to good coaching. Credit it to the players becoming more disciplined and really just kind of growing up before our very eyes. It was really a strong win last night. A lot of things here that you can really like about this victory. And we're going to get into more detail in just a second. But I did want to mention a trade that went down in the NHL last night. The Maple Leafs, the team that the Rangers just played, they acquire Jack Campbell and Kyle Clifford from the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for Columbus's third round pick in 2020 and a conditional third rounder in 2021. And you might hear that and think, well, what does that have to do with the Rangers? But the big thing here with the Rangers is the Maple Leafs were looking like they might be a potential trade partner for Alex Georgiev. There was some speculation that Maybe the Leafs would be interested in acquiring Georgiev. Maybe even would be willing to part with Kasperi Kapanen to do so. But given this trade, I don't think it's really going to happen because 
Freddie Anderson is still sidelined with a neck injury, and we all saw how Michael Hutchinson did last night. He did not play well at all for the Maple Leafs, and it really just kind of continues a poor season for him overall. The Maple Leafs need a goalie. I mean, they need somebody that they can stick out there and feel like they have a realistic chance to get two points when the guy is between the pipes, and they now have that with Jack Campbell. Now, Campbell, it's not like he set the world on fire this year with Los Angeles. He's been okay. I mean, he's got an 8 10 and 2 record with a 285 goals against average, a 900 save percentage. So, not great stats, but you also have to grade on the curve a little bit here because he's been playing for the Los Angeles Kings and they basically have just had a terrible season. It is what it is. And I think Campbell has done as good of a job as he probably can there. The Leafs taking a chance that he will play better with a team that can score some goals supporting him. And so, if you're the Maple Leafs, you know, I think this is a chance worth taking. And they've got their guy, and I think this really limits the chances that Georgiev will be sent to Toronto, if not all but eliminate those chances, because eventually Freddie Anderson is going to be back, and he hasn't had one of his best seasons, but he's been all right. He's 24-9-6. and The record is great. He's got a 287 goals against average, a 9-10 save percentage, and one shutout. But I think going forward, the Maple Leafs are going to feel pretty good about rolling out Freddie Anderson and Jack Campbell, some combination. You might see a little bit of a a timeshare once Freddie Anderson is back. But bottom line, I don't think the Maple Leafs are now a realistic option if the Rangers still are looking to trade Alex Georgiev. So the Rangers lose a potential trade partner there, but who knows? Maybe the Rangers want to hang on to Alex Georgiev and he remains a Ranger through the trade deadline anyway. So that would all be a moot point, but definitely an interesting trade here. And if the Rangers do want to trade Georgiev, they're probably going to have to look elsewhere at this point. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about this game. Obviously, a great win for the Rangers, as we said. But one of the first things that kind of jumped off the page for me was that Fox and Lindgren are back together. And it's one of those things where if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, both these guys are rookies. They're both having very good seasons. They're obviously different styles of defensemen. They play a different brand of hockey. Fox, a little bit more offensive-minded, has a chance to be a great two-way defenseman in this league. Ryan Lindgren, more of like the stay-at-home bruiser. But I just think it clicks. Those two guys definitely seem comfortable together, and I would let them on the same defense pairing going forward and roll them out there as the top pairing. I mean, show me a better pairing right now than Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren. So I would really be interested to see what that what that duo could do if they're leading the Ranger defenseman in ice time on a night-to-night basis. And that's what happened last night because Adam Fox led all defensemen on the Rangers with 22 minutes and 43 seconds of ice time, and right behind him was Ryan Lindgren with 22 minutes and 10 seconds followed by Jacob Truba, 20 minutes and 38 seconds, Brady Shea with 19 minutes and 1 second, Mark Stahl with 16 minutes and 50 seconds, and Tony D'Angelo with 15.46. So, yeah, I mean, that combination, they've played probably more consistently and just flat out better than any other Ranger defenseman that they have. I mean, Truba's been great, D'Angelo's been great, but, man, give me Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren. I just really love this pairing. I think they complement each other very well, and that was reflected in the time on the ice last night, and obviously with Fox, it's skewed a little bit because he gets a bunch of power play time, but Truba and D'Angelo are out there on the power play often as well, and Ryan Lindgren, to see him get 22 minutes and 10 seconds, that is awesome. And again, maybe the Rangers' best defensive defenseman that they've had this season, a guy that was not even expected to make the team out of, you know, the preseason. And he's been great. I mean, he really has played well. There have been some hiccups along the way. I'm not going to make it sound like it's been perfect, but I do think if you're the Rangers, you've got to like, obviously, what you're getting out of Adam Fox, but then also Ryan Lindgren. You know, he's really just kind of burst onto the scene, come out of nowhere, and become a rock on the blue line for the Rangers. So, Good stuff all around from that pairing, and glad to see them back together out there on the ice. 
John Tavares opens the scoring, gives the Maple Leafs a 1-0 lead about seven minutes in, but the Rangers strike back just about a minute later. Philip Hedl finds the equalizer, and that was kind of a theme. Anytime there was a goal scored in this game, it looked like the Rangers kind of answered back with another goal right away. More on that in a second. But in this one, Brendan Lemieux is not going to get an assist on this play, but he should because he went in really aggressively on the forecheck behind the net. He delivered a hit, and it allowed the puck to kind of come loose along the boards. And Philip Hedl won the battle for the loose puck. He moved it back to Mark Stahl. Stahl passes across the ice to Tony D'Angelo, and Tony D'Angelo dishes in deep to Philip Hedl, and Hedl tips it in from the doorstep. And just like that, one-to-one. So about a minute and 15 seconds or so after Tavares gives the Maple Leafs the one nothing lead, the Rangers immediately strike back. That's always great to see. And Philip Hedl kind of getting off the schneid a little bit here. He, of course, has been in a little bit of a scoring slump, but he's been close, and he, in this game, moved up onto the second line with Artemi Panarin. And before I go any further, might as well just run through the line combinations as well. You had the familiar top line of Zibanejad, Kreider, and Buchnevich, and obviously they had a huge night here tonight. But then you've got Panarin with Hedl and Foss, and then Strom centering Lemieux and Kako, so Strom moves down a line. And then the fourth line, McKaig centering Howden and DiGiuseppe. So a little bit of a shakeup, nothing too crazy, but... Philip Hedl does move up into a top six forward role, and Strom moves down a line. And this was actually the first time that Panarin and Strom have not played on the same line in the last 40 games. Now, they did have some ice time together later in this game, Quinn continuing to kind of mix and match on the fly a little bit. But bottom line, this is the first time they have not started together. And I've really enjoyed watching that combination because Panarin is having a career year, but he's also giving Ryan Strom a serious bump from playing with him. Strom's having a career year as well. He's been great. And those two definitely, they just have a chemistry. You know, we can talk about numbers all day long, but you just watch them play together. It's obvious that there's a chemistry together. So they break them up, but I don't think it's for too long. And really, it wasn't for too long because there were times later in this game, like we said, that they were back out there on the ice together. But yeah, I mean, I think eventually those two will be back on the same line. But right now, like we were talking about the other day, Rangers probably looking to get a couple of other guys going. And that starts here with Philip Hedl scoring a goal, breaking a little bit of a scoring drought, his 12th goal of the season. And then we get these lightning quick back-to-back strikes by Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. So the Rangers have an offensive zone face-off. It's on the left face-off dot, and Kreider takes the face-off instead of Zibanejad. And I did not see Zibanejad get kicked out of the face-off circle, so this was by design. The Rangers had a set play here that they wanted to roll with, and Kreider, you know, I don't want to make it sound like he never takes face-offs. He does every once in a while, but for the most part, he's on the wing. But Kreider takes this face-off because Zibanejad is playing on the left wing here. Kreider wins the face-off just a few feet behind him, and Zibanejad just picks it up on his backhand, pulls it to his forehand quickly, and just rips a wrist shot into the twine and gives the Rangers a 2-1 lead, puts them up for good at that point. So obviously a set play here off the faceoff and the Rangers execute to perfection. Kreider setting up Mika Zibanejad, just putting it on a tee for him. And Zibanejad with a wrist shot in that close from out of nowhere like that, he's going to score on a lot of those. And he indeed does light the lamp here. And then off the ensuing faceoff at center ice, this time Zibanejad takes the faceoff. He wins the puck to Buchnevich. Buchnevich kind of, he's in the neutral zone. He kind of throws the puck forward to an empty spot on the ice where he believes Chris Kreider can get to it. And Kreider, we know how fast he is. He zips up there. He gets the puck, and he scores. He basically skates across the crease, 
tucks the puck home, and just like that, 3-1 to one Rangers. And so with less than three minutes left in the first period, the Rangers go from a 1-1 tie to a 3-1 to one lead, and just an absolutely huge sequence in this game because the Maple Leafs twice got to within just one goal, but the Rangers held them off. Like we said, they did not surrender the lead at any point in this game after this, and just huge. I mean, the Leafs are a team that can score some goals, and so you can never have too big of a lead. It was great to take the lead here for the first time, but then to double it immediately, fantastic, great stuff, excellent execution from Zibanejad, Buchnevich, and Kreider. So we go to the second period, and I thought this was Shesterkin's best period of the night. He was outstanding here. There was an early sequence where he made a great series of saves, really in the first minute, I believe it was. He denied Marner and then made an excellent sprawling kick save using his right pad to deny Hyman. Ryan Lindgren takes a penalty in the midst of all this, so he goes off, but the Rangers kill off the power play, and they look very good doing so. Rangers get an opportunity right after that. Philip Heedle, you know, working with his new line mates, he steals the puck. He sets up Artemi Panarin, but the shot goes just wide. And then back the other way, Engvall gets a chance in deep, but Shesterkin with a great point-blank stop there. And, you know, you're kind of just hoping at this point that the Rangers can just kind of bury this team because, again, you know what you're up against here. You know that they have a lot of scoring threats. You know that they can score goals at the drop of a hat, can the Maple Leafs. And so if you're a Ranger fan, you're kind of just hoping that they just kind of take control of the game and go up by a couple of goals here. I thought something that was key, certainly here and then also definitely in the third period as well, is that the Rangers in this game, whether they were up by one goal or two goals, I don't think they ever really sat back and just kind of tried to lay on the lead, so to speak. They stayed aggressive. They continued to force the issue. They continued to forecheck. They continued to produce scoring opportunities. They never acted like their lead was safe. They never sat back and just tried to play defense against this team because that is a recipe for disaster. So that was great to see the Rangers keeping the pedal to the metal for virtually the entire game. I mean, yes, the Maple Leafs got some pushes, but they're a great team. They're going to do that. But for the most part, the Rangers not content to just kind of try to play defense and, and just protect the lead. They were always looking for more in this game, and I think that's why they ended up winning it because there were a couple times, as we're about to see here, that the Maple Leafs cut the lead down to one, and then the Rangers answered right back. So the Leafs do indeed cut the lead to just one. Johnson wins the battle for a puck behind the net, and he passes in front to Austin Matthews, and Austin Matthews scores from the slot his 38th goal of the season. And so just like that, you know, it's 3-2 to two Rangers with a little bit more than three minutes remaining in the second period. And kind of a weird play here because it, it looked like Shesterkin probably should have had this one. But it also, he certainly lost sight of the puck. He was looking behind the net, trying to kind of track the puck back there. And for whatever reason, I don't think he ever saw the pass from Johnson to Matthews. And by the time he turned his head around and saw Matthews, the puck was basically whizzing by him. And so it was too late and just never really had a chance to stop the shot, so it's 3-2. to two. But then just about a minute later, again, this is the third time in this game that a goal was scored, and then the Rangers immediately answered back with another goal. Twice the Maple Leafs scored, and then the Rangers answered back. And then one time, of course, the Rangers scored off of their own goal very quickly because they scored two goals in six seconds. But again, just really nice to see this team very alert after a goal is scored and just looking to go full bore. You know, teams every now and then, especially young teams, they can kind of get trapped. They can kind of fall asleep a little bit after a goal is scored, whether you've scored or whether your opponent has scored. And then before you know it, you're giving up another goal. But the Rangers, quite the opposite in this one. Every time a goal was scored, they we're on top of their game, and once again here, just about a minute later, they respond with a goal. So Hutchinson is basically falling all over himself. Again, he did not have a good night, and the Rangers scored five goals, take nothing away, but Hutchinson, uh, you know, just, I don't really know what to say. He's just, he's not the best goalie in the league. Let's just leave it at that. 
But um, he dropped his stick on this play. The Rangers worked the puck to Buchnevich, and Hutchinson's kind of scrambling. He's trying to get back in position and pick up his stick all at the same time. And while this is happening, Buchnevich shoots and scores. So, Again, you know, Buchnevich responding to his benching of the last game. Great awareness here from Buchnevich to understand that as soon as I get this puck, I'm going to shoot because Hutchinson, again, he was kind of discombobulated there. He had fallen to the ice. He's trying to get back in position. He's trying to get a hold of his stick and pick it up off the ice. And Buchnevich, he's not going to wait. He gets the puck and he shoots right away, puts the puck right by him, 4-2 to Rangers. And so the Rangers, they almost get another goal right after this. Fox passes to Heedle in deep and Hutchinson barely able to kind of get on top of the puck and keep it just out of the net. So the Rangers go into the third period, still up 4-2. to two. So we go to the third period, and this is as good a time as any to point out that the Rangers are 18-1-2 when they take a lead into the third period this year. That is an outstanding stat, and especially impressive for a young team that, you know, has to learn how to play with a lead, but clearly the Rangers are very good at doing just that. They take the lead in the third period, and they close with a win. That's how it goes for the Rangers, typically, and that was also the case last night. Now, we talked about in the second period how the Rangers weren't complacent. They didn't just try to just kind of sit on the lead, and they stayed aggressive here. Tony D'Angelo early goes in on a wraparound. The puck bounces off of Brennan Lemieux's skate and then hits the post. So Rangers come within inches of making it 5-2 to two there, really taking a stranglehold on the game. And then there was a sequence where the Rangers had to ice the puck four or five times in a row. These players just could not get off the ice. They're kind of dragging out there, but eventually they get a clear without taking an icing, and they indeed get the line change that they desperately need. The Leafs during this sequence probably change lines at least three or four times, and for the Rangers to really just kind of hang in there and not give up a goal was very impressive. And so that was a big sequence in the third period, maintaining the two-goal lead there. Then there was a play, you know, we're kind of focusing in on Buchnevich here because, again, you know, he was coming off of the benching, so anytime he was on the ice, I really tried to kind of zero in on him and watch what he was doing, but there was a play here. He forced a turnover going in on the forecheck. The puck moves up the boards to Zibanejad, and Zibanejad dishes to his left to center the puck to Chris Kreider, and Kreider shoots just wide. So, I mean, Buchnevich, again, you know, if Kreider had scored here, I don't think Buchnevich would have necessarily gotten an assist because he kind of just forced the turnover. I don't think he ever really got his stick on the puck, but bottom line, Buchnevich just far more engaged tonight. The one goal and the two assists, that's great. You'll take that any day of the week, but he just looked like a different player tonight. He looked like a guy who was willing to stick his nose in, use his size to his advantage, and that was on display again here tonight. Again, almost creating another goal here for the Rangers and one that probably would have iced the game. I don't want to say iced the game, but three-goal lead in the third period with the Rangers who have obviously closed very well this year in the third period. You definitely like your chances, so... Yeah, great play there by Buchnevich. And then with a little bit more than four minutes left, again, the Rangers still up 4-2 to at this point. Shesterkin made four saves in about five seconds. I mean, there was just a flurry of shots, and he just would not let the puck get by him. So a big couple of saves there from Shesterkin, and the Rangers needed it as well because the Leafs got a power play not too long after that. And Matthews scores after a little give-and-go at Tavares. Basically, Matthews is in the right circle. He passes to his left to the slot to Tavares. And Tavares, rather than shoot, passes back to Matthews. Matthews, at that point, he kind of crept up a little bit closer to the net. Matthews basically scores from the doorstep. So it's 4-3 to three now, Rangers, with just 3.28 remaining. And then the Rangers take a timeout with 2.03 remaining. Hutchinson goes to the bench with about 150 left. 
and the Rangers score in relatively short order after that. Buchnevich skates the puck out of the zone again. Buchnevich making another play here, getting the puck out of harm's way. He passes to his left to Greg McKeg, who scores on the empty net from the neutral zone. And while this is happening, it's 5-3 Rangers now with about a minute left, and Truba and Hyman are in a fist fight back in the Rangers zone. And they had a nasty collision along the boards there, and the next thing you know, the gloves are off and the fists are flying. And Hyman left uh, with some blood after the fight with Truba, so obviously Truba wins that battle. It's 5-3 to three Rangers, and then with about 20 or 30 seconds left, uh, another dust-up between John Tavares and Ryan Lindgren. Nothing crazy here. I mean, it's just pushing and shoving and, you know, just kind of uh, tempers flaring at the end of the game. It is what it is, but the Rangers get the last laugh because they get the 5-3 to three victory here. They get another two points, and they, again, 3-1 and one in the four games after the All-Star break. And again, I know I keep talking about this, but to me, this eight-game stretch, and we're halfway through it now, and the Rangers have won three of the four games, this eight-game stretch is absolutely huge for the Blue Shirts because, again, if you're going to make your move, it has to happen now while you're playing these teams that, frankly, are just not that good. I mean, the Maple Leafs, I do believe, are a good team. It's a team that obviously can score, and for the most part, I would say has underachieved this season. I would think that they'll probably be a playoff team, but who knows? You know, they might not be. But regardless... The fact remains the same. The Rangers in this eight-game stretch, seven of the opponents that they're facing are on the outside of the playoff picture looking in. So if ever there's a time, it's right now. And the Rangers so far taking advantage. They are 3-1. and one. You got to like that. You got to take that. And the Rangers will be back in action once again against the Buffalo Sabres, a team that started the season hot and has basically just fallen apart since then. But the Rangers will be at home concluding or no, I'm sorry, not concluding. This will be the third game of a four-game homestand. The Rangers will be at home against the Sabres at 7 p.m. on Friday night. They then play at home against the Los Angeles Kings at 6 p.m. on Sunday. Then on Tuesday, they go to Winnipeg to play the Jets at 8 o'clock. And then on Thursday, they are at the Minnesota Wild at 8 o'clock. And again, when this run began, seven of these eight teams were on the outside of the playoff picture looking in the only team that had playoff positioning as far as would they make the playoffs if the season ended right now. The only team that fit that description was the Dallas Stars. The Rangers, of course, lost to the Stars 5-3 to on Monday. And everybody else here, these are non-playoff teams, at least if the season ended right now. So, again, we just got to keep our fingers crossed. They continue to take advantage of it. And another huge game, another huge two points on the line against the Buffalo Sabres on Friday night. And as far as who starts between the pipes for the Rangers... I really don't know. It's hard to say. I would think after this performance, you would want to go back to Shesterkin. But then again, the Rangers have played four games after the All-Star break, and Alex Georgiev has to, Well, he did play in the one game, but he came in in relief of Lundqvist, so he just played the third period. So Georgiev has not had a start in any of these games. Maybe you want to get him a start, and maybe, you know, depending on whether the Rangers end up trading him or not, maybe you want to showcase him a little bit. We'll see. We'll see how they play it. I mean, if, if it was me, I would put Shesterkin back up there. I want to roll with the kid. I want to give him a chance to build off of this latest impressive performance here against the Maple Leafs. But at the same time, you know, it'd be nice to see Georgiev back out there as well because he's, he's played well at times this season. And he definitely deserves a start at some point here. So we'll, we'll see how the Rangers look to play it. But either way, I believe we're going to be back here with a new episode tomorrow, Friday. And that'll be the fifth and final episode of the week. There's a chance that maybe I'll wait to do the final episode until Saturday because then obviously we could talk about the Sabres game from the night before. But no, I, I think tomorrow's going to be the next episode, uh, Friday, and then uh, we'll look forward to next week and we'll see what we get into next week. The Rangers, again, very busy schedule here in February. So once again, guys, thank you for 
joining in here today. And if you want to get in touch with the podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.